Uh, We're up to Matthew 23. Uh, That's our reading this morning. And we're, we're up to really, it's one of the harsher texts in all of Scripture, some of Jesus' harshest words. Um, and, and as we get into the message, you'll see why uh, we're reading them. So a number of verses from Matthew 23. Uh, this is God's holy and infallible word. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit at Moses' seat, so you must obey them and do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for men to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted in the marketplaces and to have men call them rabbi. And then we jump to verse 13. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when he becomes one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as you are. Down to 23. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, But you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides. You strain out a gnat but swallow a camel. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee. First clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. That's God's word for us and to us this morning. So I asked for this message, I asked Sarah if we had any masks around the house. And this is what she came up with. It's the only one we have. A couple of times our four-year-old Adriana has put it on and then just stood there in the corner silently. It's very funny and just a little scary. (laughs) Girls and boys use masks sometimes when they're playing, pretending to be someone else. Halloween is a big time for that. In ancient times, actors in the theater wore masks to play their part, though it was probably not a Batman mask. The mask in those times is what told you what character they were playing. And then the same actor could be like a king in the first part of a play or a servant in another part of the play. The Greek word for actor is hypocritus. It's where we get our word hypocrite. It didn't really have a bad connotation then. It meant referred to an actor who was playing a role. 
Less than an hour's walk from Jesus' hometown of Nazareth, one of the great theaters of the day and of the region was built in a town called Sephorus. Jesus would have been familiar with the stage and the Hippocrati, the actors. Jesus introduced a new use for this Greek word for actor that we see a number of times in our text. He used it to refer to religious pretense, to talk about people who do religious role-playing, people who may be very pious on the outside, but on the inside their hearts are far from God. Jesus is so strong in his critique of hypocrites. He says it's a big deal. He doesn't mess around with this spiritual condition. He says in verse 33 that we didn't read, how will you escape being condemned to hell? Jesus calls on hypocrites to stop acting, stop pretending, remove the mask is what he calls them to do. Something really interesting you find in the Bible, and and you know it if you've spent some time in the Bible, Jesus often reserves his strongest and harshest words and language for people who were amongst the community of faith, for people who were in the church of his day. These verses that we're reading were not spoken to the world, but to people who were among the people of God, and so As God's people today, it seems to me, we need to listen very carefully to Jesus' words. What is Jesus getting at? How might we wear a mask in our lives? When we talk about the Christian life, there's a really important fancy word called sanctification. It's long, it's big, but it's important. It's one you should know. Sanctification. It means becoming more holy. To become sanctified is a calling of believers. It's getting rid of sin more and more. It's becoming more and more like Jesus. Hypocrisy gets in the way of sanctification. What is it exactly? Well, according to Ortberg, it... It's deceiving people to get them to think I'm better than I am. It's maybe hiding a secret dislike you have behind a winning smile. It's pretending to help someone, but really wanting them to fail. It's portraying myself as loving when inside I'm full of judgment or selfishness. It's giving the impression maybe somehow that we're faithful givers to the church when we're not. It's desperately needing help because our marriage is falling apart, but not getting the help and instead putting on a mask that says our relationship is great. In fact, we've never been better. It's been at the breaking point because of financial or health stress, but play acting like nothing is phasing you so you can look like a super Christian. To the people around you. You know, hypocrisy is something that's not only in religion. It's not only amongst people in churches. A few years ago, there was an annual meeting of the American Heart Association in Atlanta. 
thousands, I think probably tens of thousands of doctors and researchers came together to discuss uh, the importance of low-fat diets and keeping our hearts healthy. But during mealtimes, they consumed, these doctors and researchers, fat-filled fast food like bacon cheeseburgers and chili fries at the very same artery-clogging high rate as people from any other convention that came through that convention hall. There's also an example of, uh, this is one that Art Ortberg tells, there's an example of an outing by professors, and one of these was his friend, which is how he knows about it. An outing by professors who are all teaching in a certain department in a university. These professors were all Marxists by political philosophy. They were proud to be Marxists, but for this certain special event, they rented a big yacht, they had an open bar, all kinds of luxuries that they were supposed to be dead against. Hypocrisy is is kind of a universal problem among men and women and even boys and girls. When we think of our lives, there's a public me visible to everyone, and, and we can spend a lot of time managing that public me, but there's a private me too that really no one else can see. Uh, the story's told that the actor Robert Redford was walking one day through a hotel lobby. A woman saw him, followed him to the elevator, and she called, are, are you the real Robert Redford? With a lot of excitement. As the doors of the elevator were closing, he replied, only when I'm alone. It was pretty insightful. We can have a me that everyone sees, and then we can have a, a totally different me behind closed doors. The tendency is to only care about the me that everybody sees. But Jesus, he tells us again and again that the inner me is the me that matters the most. God's word says man looks at outward appearances, but God looks at the heart. And it's crazy how much, and I know it and you know it, how much we can care so much about what people observe while neglecting our inner self that could be decaying. And that's what's most important to Jesus. There's a great revelation of hypocrisy that occurred when Francois Fenelon was the court preacher for King Louis XIV of France. This was in the 17th century. One Sunday when the king and his attendants arrived at the chapel for the regular service, no one else was there but the preacher. And King Louis demanded, what's going on here? What does this mean? Fenelon replied, well, I let it be known that you would not be coming to church today, king, in order that your majesty might see who serves God in truth and who is only there to flatter the king. Jesus calls us to be concerned about serving the Lord in truth from the heart rather than flatter man, which is what hypocrisy does. And that's what it especially means to remove the mask, putting our service of God first. That's how we can begin to have consistency in our lives to more and more be the real deal. 
Religious hypocrisy, I'm sure you know, is one of the great barriers to faith for people who are outside the church. Mark Twain once listened to a known greedy and unscrupulous business person piously droning on about his plan to travel to the Middle East and he was going to read the Ten Commandments from the top of Mount Sinai. Twain said, I've got a better idea. Why don't you stay home in Boston and keep them for a change? He smelled someone who was caring more about that outward appearance than the heart. People look at Christians and see people who sometimes are dishonest in their business practices, who maybe swear or drink too much sometimes, who say hurtful things. It's not a surprise to any of us that Christian students have bullied other kids or done drugs, and these are students who go to church, who attend youth groups. And, and the world and people can look at that and be like, if the church is filled with so many people who aren't walking the talk, why would I want to be a Christian? And you know, maybe you're in that position this morning as you think about the church and are deciding whether to commit your life to Jesus. And, and maybe your family has been part of the church, but you're not so sure what you're going to do, especially when you see how flawed Christians are. You see Christians sometimes who are unloving towards those out there in the world, towards those close to them. You see Christian parents or grandparents who sometimes aren't consistent in their walk with the Lord. What about all of that? Well, what we have to say about all that as believers is that it's true. It's all true. People say there are hypocrites in the church. There sure are. Each one of us. We sometimes pretend everything's okay when it's really not in order to look better in front of other believers. Our inner thoughts, our outward actions often don't match up. We're not consistent. We mess up. The Bible talks about being upright and steadfast before our God, and we're not. And each one of us knows it. The motivational speaker is also a Christian, uh, Zig Ziglar. He died a few years ago. He said that he once invited a friend to go to church with him. And the man answered, well, I'd like to go, but the church is so full of hypocrites. Ziglar replied, that's okay. There's always room for one more. The thing is, everybody in the world is a hypocrite. As our guest pastor said really powerfully last Sunday night, Reverend John Zayas, the difference is that in the church, we know it. We know we're hypocrites and that we can struggle with. The difference is that Christians accept the truth that we're messed up. As Jesus preached, the truth will set you free. In calling out the idea of hypocrisy, universal problem, Jesus is revealing a great truth about humanity that we're all called to own up to. What if you, you picked up your car from a mechanic after a tune-up and, and he told you the car's in 
in great shape. Later in the day, the brakes don't work. You're out of brake fluid. You could have died. You go back to the shop. Why didn't you tell me? Well, I didn't want you to feel bad. And to be honest, I was afraid that you'd get upset with me. I want this to be a safe place where you feel loved and accepted. You'd be furious when it comes to your car. You want the truth. Or what if you went in for a checkup and the doctor says, you are magnificent. You are a beautiful human specimen. You have the body of an Olympian. A few hours later, while climbing down the stairs, your heart gives out. You find your arteries were so clogged, you were close to death. Why didn't you tell me? You'd say to the doctor, well, I knew your body was in bad shape, but if I tell people stuff like that, I find they get kind of offended and and maybe upset and never come back. I want this to be a place where you are loved and accepted. You would be furious. You'd say, when it comes to my body, I want the truth. In the ancient world, truth-telling didn't really happen in those pagan temples and in the religions of the day. Truth-telling was for the philosophers. In the temples, they would just kind of appease the gods, but Jesus brought into this world truth-telling in terms of religion, in terms of our relationship with God, in our relationship with others. Jesus brings us ultimate religious truth, and the truth is that though we all have the tendency to act like we're all good, and we want others to think we're all good, no one is good. Not even one. Romans 3 says that. But the difference between those who believe and those who don't is that Christians know it, have faced the truth, accepted the truth, and discovered by God's grace the way to be healed through Jesus. And Jesus offers hope for hypocrites in the church, for hypocrites outside the church, for sin-sick people everywhere whose lives and thoughts and hearts just don't align. With Jesus, we can face the truth, we can pull off our mask, acknowledge we're not perfect, and also embrace him as our hope. And because of him, we can become more and more real, authentic people. Because of him, because of his perfect life, he's the only person who was 100% consistent. His heart matched his actions 100% of the time. Can you imagine that? How he was in private was how he was in public the same. His thoughts, his words, no contradictions there. He never wavered. There was no one like him. And he walked that perfectly authentic, upright, steadfast road all the way to the end to the cross to redeem us from our sinful and crooked ways so that by God's grace through believing we might be made right, that we'd be given a new and clean and steadfast heart. In Jesus, day by day, we can become people of integrity in this church 
at work, in front of our kids, to point people not to ourselves and our lives and our greatness and our amazing mastery of ourselves, which is ultimately what hypocrisy does all that. But our lives point people to Jesus who saves us in spite of our sin and shortcomings. Taking off the mask does not mean that we have to talk about every deep, dark secret and sin and problem we've committed to everyone in the world. But I think it does mean that when the church gathers together and worships together and fellowships and serves, we do all that not pretending, not acting like we're perfect. But, but we do this knowing we're sinners, being open about the fact that we need Jesus, that we're broken, not hiding that, yeah, sometimes we're falling apart and we need God and we need his people in order to make it. We don't give off, in other words, an aura of perfection about our walk with Jesus and about our families and our kids. Because we are not perfect. I think taking off the mask means that when people come in faith's doors uh, to worship, like on a Sunday, they have a sense that, that we accept them no matter who they are, no matter what they've done, no matter what their background. They don't sense we're better than them because we know we're not and we don't act like we are. Living this way with integrity, authentically, I think will usually mean that we have people in our lives with whom we can share our deep struggles. Don't have to share it with the whole world or everybody in the church, but this kind of life will mean that, that we have people that we can share our struggles with, with whom where we can be supported, whether we're, we're in a small group of some kind or in a Stephen ministry relationship or, or through our spouse or some other Christian, a Christian friend or two that can speak the truth and love to us and pray for us and walk the Christian life alongside us. We're all here in the church because we need help. We have not arrived. You're sitting there maybe sometimes thinking you're the only one who feels like your life is on edge that you're falling apart. You're, maybe you're thinking sometimes out there, you're the only one with struggles and problems and suffering. You're not. Trust me. You're not. We've all got problems. We've all got channels in our lives. We're here to be open about our weakness, to worship and praise the God who has come to meet us in our troubles and to receive his powerful word that can change us. We have not arrived, but what's so great about the church is that we can walk the road of faith with others who are in the same boat, sinners in need of grace, got problems, fellow pilgrims on a journey seeking to live in spirit and in truth. I want to conclude with with just, just a few brief thoughts, ideas for for day-to-day 
You know, how does this look, this day-to-day living without a mask? How to be the real deal? Because I know that's what each one of you wants to be. You want to be the real deal for Jesus, for others. Just, just three, three little thoughts to conclude. Pray. There's a, there's a P in all of them. Pray. In your private prayer time, throughout the day, before God, let's remember to acknowledge the corruption within our own heart and lives. Confess our shortcomings when it comes to Jesus. Confess the fact that we don't live for Jesus, a life that is true on our own. Acknowledge in prayer your total inability to be upright. To pay attention to your heart. Pay close attention to this, our tendency to be insincere and resist it. Realize that the human heart's tendency is to get off track. Be aware of that powerful pull uh, to wear a mask. And, and when it comes to hypocrisy, we don't point the finger at others. That's what hypocrisy is. We ask, am I the real deal? How am I doing? We pay attention to our heart. Pray, pay attention to your, your heart, And three, and finally, live in God's presence. Live in awareness of God's presence. He is always with us. He knows us through and through. He accepts us in Jesus by his grace, though we're sinners and imperfect. There's no reason that we have to try to fool anyone. We can be real. We can be honest. God knows more than anybody else our deepest, darkest secrets and Because of Jesus and his finished work, he loves us and accepts us anyway. There is no reason to hide. The truth of God in Jesus will set us free to remove the mask, to live for him, to be the real deal. And it seems to me, people and churches like that will be the greatest witnesses of the truth that there is to a world where so many people are faking that everything is okay. Amen.